Free Talk Live phones are open here. You can join us. And you can bring up whatever's on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's me, Ian. And Aria. And nobody. All right. So coming up, I want to get into, of course, the latest out of uh, Russia and the various different countries and or not countries but companies that are cutting them off like Visa, Mastercard, now PayPal, some serious uh, targeting of the the innocent people in Russia and mm-hmm. making their life even more difficult. Uh, to that- say nothing about how it's making the lives of people in the United States more difficult as well. Because, I mean, gas prices are now over $4 per gallon. This is entirely a result of this economic war that the United States and Russia are waging against one another. It's definitely a, a factor. I mean, prices were already going up prior to that simply because of inflation. You know, the, the fact that they're inflating the money supply, that's going to weigh in. But now I think Russia was, was it 12% of the world's oil supply or something like 12 or 20% somewhere in that range? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's definitely having an effect. So we talk about those things. Plus, uh, speaking of gas, the People's Convoy is still in the Washington, D.C. area. They were supposed to uh, roll on D.C. on Saturday, but apparently they didn't. What happened was they came into a speedway in Hagerstown, Maryland, and decided they were going to spend some extra time there before finally going out on Sunday. So they did go out Sunday uh, and I do have a report about that here from the Washington Post, so from mainstream media, and then I've got a piece that they posted on their Facebook group, so I definitely want to get an update on that. But again, if you want to weigh in here, the number is 603-283-6160. I imagine you guys are like me, though, and you were pretty disconnected from the news over the weekend because uh, all three of us were at the same conference this weekend, yeah. the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, uh, which is put on by the Free State Project. And did you guys have a good Liberty Forum? Yeah, it was great. Had a great Liberty Forum and got no news, and no news is good news. Indeed. It's easy to just disconnect from anything else going on in the world and just completely be absorbed by the people and the things going on at at Liberty Forum. Uh, Bonnie and I were there representing New Hampshire Goldback, so we had a table they had the uh, the full New Hampshire set of goldbacks on hand for people to examine and you know to purchase if they wanted to and and that went very well. There was a, a lot of interest. A lot of people were very good. Were already aware that the goldbacks existed. A lot of people already had uh, the New Hampshire goldbacks, and some who already had some wanted to get some more. Others who had heard about them but uh, had not yet actually physically seen them were very excited to get their hands on them and purchase some of them. I think a lot of well, people fail to understand just how shiny they are, right? And once <laughs> they are, I, shiny. Mean, I like shiny I things. Do. I mean, once you flash one of these things, like to pay for something, you get people's attention because it's this shiny golden object that you're flashing around. It's yeah. it's impressive. It literally yeah. is the definition of flashy. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. What's the uh, is has the price of goldbacks changed? Of course, uh, with the gold price, it goes up and down every day based on the gold price. Okay, yeah. So they're up uh, record highs at this point. What are they retailing out these days? Uh, we were doing $4 per okay. this weekend, and I think their official retail rate is around that right now. Okay. Uh, That's but- pretty good. I mean, a few years ago at Forkfest, it was $3 per was the going rate for yeah. a single yeah, so, that's right. Not bad. Yeah, I remember when they first started in late 2019. So, I mean, it hasn't even been three whole years since Goldback came out. 
But when it first started in late 2019, they were less than $3 a piece. So they have gone up more than 100%. Or wow. sorry, not not quite 100%. 33. They've gone up at least 50%. And that's uh, and largely because that. of the increase in the value of gold. That's, yeah, just because of the increased value of gold. And uh, so, yeah, very, very happy with uh, with how people are interested in the, the gold back. And there's plenty of people that can see the value in having both gold backs and cryptocurrency, uh, which I think is a, a perfect like one two punch against fiat. Basically, mm-hmm. you've got two really useful forms of value that crypto, of course, can transact over long distances with no problem, no counterfeiting issues whatsoever. And gold back works with a lot of people who just don't get crypto, who don't want to get crypto, you know, older folks for instance, mm-hmm. they absolutely can understand the gold back. There's no explanation necessary and no internet connection necessary mm-hmm. either. But the but- and also it and part of not having an internet connection, one of the good things is there are certain risks like EMP mm. that could easily take that could temporarily take out the internet. I don't think it could be uh, taken out permanently because you know people could rebuild it pretty easily as a peer to peer. Also, the government, if they decided to go to war with the people, could easily um, take down the internet again temporarily. Uh, and so that's a great time to have some uh, have some gold backs around. Um, at the, at the same time, there are risks to gold backs like you know thugs coming into your house yep. that cryptocurrency is less susceptible to so if you're if you're going to be prepared for eventualities you have to prepare for a variety of them and of course that emp would also take out uh most of the dollar system i mean except for the mm. cash in your pocket like the banking system or whatever yeah the banking the banking system would be gone uh the atm network would be gone and you'd be left with whatever cash you have in your pocket i tend to agree i mean both are really necessary from a rec- from a disaster recovery perspective cryptocurrency probably isn't very useful because anything that could take us to a social place where we absolutely have to use cryptocurrency in order to survive is as he points out Likely to wipe out the internet as well, at least temporarily. temporarily yep. But I mean, just in a utilitarian sense, I I can't buy something from Amazon using gold backs. No, right? that's true. It, it's just Nor not can you feasible. use Bitcoin. I mean, directly, you well, can use an intermediary. But personally, mm, yeah. I can't do any of these things. Right, <laughs> right. But other we're on bail people conditions. can. Yeah. So other people can buy things online using cryptocurrency, but in person, it just doesn't make sense if you're buying a cup of coffee to whip out your phone, scan a QR code, and involve cryptocurrency miners and all of this other stuff to confirm a transaction when you can just here's a gold back and well, be done with it i mean it mm-hmm. it is nice to be able to pay with cryptocurrency when a business does accept it it is if we were legally allowed to, to do it um because it can be convenient if everything's working correctly but as i understand it right now there are some issues with edge wallet and AnyPay. i've been i've been hearing this um that something broke with and I'm not sure who broke what or where. I just what saw got people broke. having issues yesterday, and I was like, "Man, but, here's some gold. Yeah. I don't have that problem." <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So there's like you got to have everything working perfectly, and then crypto's pretty great. I mean, but, not really. The owner of the place. I mean, really, she could have just pulled up her own crypto wallet and true. shown a QR code. And mm. There are workarounds there that are. don't use, utilize any pay that wouldn't have had these issues. But the simple solution, mm. yeah, it didn't appear to be working. Yeah, and frankly, there are probably better implementations of 
what any pay does that would be at a lot less um, risk. I mean, all you really need is a wallet that will accept a dollar amount and convert it. It doesn't have to involve servers out on the net and, you know, passing money through a third party. Or well, I guess it doesn't pay, pass do through that. anymore, but, yeah. um, you know, but- it... it there aren't, it could be implemented much more simply. Yeah, unfortunately, there aren't a whole lot of other options uh, as far as point-of-sale systems go. Uh, Joel Valenzuela, who's a free stater liberty activist, uh, who's very active with crypto, he's, he's the guy that is known for living on only cryptocurrency. He doesn't do anything, doesn't ever touch dollars, basically. Uh, so he's an interesting character. Uh, he's a big supporter of Dash, and he says there's a company called CTX that was... Uh, apparently, they were inspired by AnyPay, mm-hmm. and they have created a uh, competitor, but at this time, it is Dash only, so they don't have the mm. multi-crypto aspect uh, that, that AnyPay does. So I'm interested in seeing how that develops uh, in the future, because apparently they have stated they do intend to expand and you know accept Bitcoin Cash or, right. or whatever, and, and I don't know, you know the, the work, the inner workings of how they're doing it or if they're doing it differently in some way from AnyPay, mm-hmm. but it's one that's worth looking into, and uh, Joel says he's done research and he's looked around, and, and so far CTX is really the only other option, because you can't just give your waitress access to your crypto wallet, right? Like any crypto wallet, right. you can punch a U.S. dollar amount in and create mm-hmm. a, a custom uh, code, right. but you just don't want to give that to your employees. Of course, removing send functions functionality is easier than writing new functionality there's more coming up here uh, at 603-283-6160 you can share your thoughts with us we'll get into the people's convoy what's happening with it coming up Talk live. You can bring up anything you want here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by Bitcoin.com. You want to go and get uh, get started learning about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash? Get on over to Bitcoin.com and click Get Started right there at the top of the page. And it is a good time to start doing that because, well, there's no time uh, like the present to get into this new form of uh, transacting value from, you know, either someone sitting next to you or halfway across the world. Cryptocurrency is a very interesting uh, technology that has taken the financial world by storm. It's even become a huge factor in the Ukraine situation, which we can get into here in moments. It, uh, it really rose to prominence. Uh, in the the world of the activists a few weeks ago during the Freedom Convoy in Canada. There's been a lot of news about cryptocurrency recently. It's become quite a player in the uh, sort of the world activism scene right now. It's going to be interesting to see how it develops as well. Because, I mean, the the mainstream cryptocurrency exchanges, however much libertarian virtue signaling they do when push comes to shove, they're going to do whatever governments demand of them. Yep, they will. Well, they will, but the thing is... Don't keep don't keep your money on an exchange. And I must right. I must admit I had money on the exchange uh, when I got um, when we got raided, and I and it's gone. Well, it's actually <laughs> still there. It, 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 but it uh, don't tell them that. Well, you just did. Yeah, I did. They know. Okay. They know it's there. Um, 
but you know, I'm I'm basically forbidden to touch it, and they'll know if I do. Yeah, that's right. Um, and to the credit of these exchanges, they have been actively telling people, "Hey, look, don't don't keep your money with us." Yep, they have mm-hmm. been saying. Some of them have been saying that recently, and the so bigger ones. Kraken, uh, I think, deserves the most credit for making the most libertarian statements. But you know, even Elon Musk actually. Uh, Dude, I'm in. so sick of hearing from this clown. Elon Musk is a welfare whore who doesn't know anything about geopolitics or nation building or any of this other stuff. He's just a government whore. That's all he is. I don't know if I agree with that because, I mean, he was interviewed. I didn't watch the whole interview, but he was interviewed by the Babylon Bee a couple months ago. And as you know, the Babylon Bee is a pretty libertarian uh, news satire site. They... Uh, really? spoke, I don't know that I'd consider them libertarian. I think one of them spoke at Porkfest. Really? Okay. Last year. Stand corrected. I, I mean, I don't know if that means all of their editors sure. are libertarian, right? But some of them, I think, do have that uh, that viewpoint. And Elon Musk has made some really anti-government statements, some very pro-freedom statements on his uh, He has. Twitter I don't profile. disagree. But his entire company is built on being a government whore. Well, then again, I mean, there's there's something to be said for if the government is handing out money, take as much of it as you can take. Because if you don't take it, it's going to the morons, and the morons are going to use it against you. Or your if, he was, so, if he was so being honest I would about say, that, sure. I, but, my but dream not. has always been to get a grant from the, uh, from the National Endowment for the Arts to write a book and and the book would be called You Dumb Bastards, and it would be all about why they shouldn't have given me the money to write the book. Um, yeah. <laughs> and if Elon Musk was that honest, that would be one thing, but he's not. He's out there on Twitter saying, oh, it would be so bad for Tesla, but we really have to bump up you know, carbon production. We really have to get more gasoline, more natural oil, and all this other stuff. And like, dude, you're lying through your face. Your company sells Wait, carbon why? offsets to other auto manufacturers. The more gasoline they're burning, the more money you're making by selling your carbon offsets to them you're betting- i don't understand how that makes it false what he said though because he's saying it's going to hurt his company when it would do exactly the opposite it would cause ford and chevrolet and all of these other companies to have to buy send more money to him mm. because they're the ones buying his carbon offsets tesla what was the, have you ever seen a tesla vehicle out there on the road ever yeah the guys from AnyPay have one okay the vast <laughs> majority of people have you ever seen more than the one I think I've seen another one somewhere. Okay. Have you they're not seen- very common, of course. Okay. I'm told there's several of them out there. There are several of them out there. But, but what is are a there carbon offset? Near- How, what is, what there is are probably, it's when a company, instead of polluting themselves, uh-huh. they sell other companies the right to claim they're polluting. Like, you're allowed 100 gallons of oil polluted or whatever. Your company doesn't pollute any, but this company, they're polluting 125 gallons. So they buy 25 of your gallons and you're like, oh, look, we're helping the environment, but you're not. You're just selling them this imaginary quota. Huh. Mm. And that's a thing that happens? These yes, that's how Tesla makes all of its Tesla. money. Interesting. That's why, you know, know that. Tesla is this multi-billion dollar company, but you don't see Teslas driving around. You probably see more of, what's that car that Marty McFly drove in Back like to the, the Future? DeLorean. DeLorean. Yeah, you probably see more DeLoreans <laughs> out there than you do Teslas. Well, you did back in the day. DeLoreans haven't been made since the 80s. I think you probably still see more DeLoreans out there than Teslas. I heard they're coming out with a new one. DeLoreans? Yeah, I heard there's a new one that they're working wow. on. Yeah, I actually, when I did radio TV speech in junior high... I actually, we were supposed to do a commercial, 
And uh, this is back in the day when extra-strength Tylenol was getting uh, laced with cyanide and put back on the shelf. So, uh, so I did a commercial where I, where I came out and a pow- uh, flower in my hair and said, I'm John DeLorean. My wife's leaving me. My company's <laughs> going broke. And I just got busted for cocaine. But it's all right, because now I've got Tylocide. It solves all your problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is news here that they're planning on releasing a, uh, a DeLorean in 2022. So I don't. I feel like I saw a picture of it somewhere, but it's not popping out at me. That's right surprising now. news. Wow. Well, there's a lot of old, uh, you know, things that are old that are, you know, what's old again. I know, or but what the is DeLorean it? wasn't really, like, successful the first time, right? If it wasn't for Back to the Future, would anyone know what we were talking about? I don't think so, no. I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'd remember it from the John DeLorean getting busted with for the cocaine. cocaine right? but yeah. I see, I would be like, DeLorean, that's, that's a scale. That's a musical scale. That's it. Hmm. Apparently it's coming back. That's not even correct. It's Delocrium, but that would be what I associated it with. Uh, The DeLorean is coming back as an electric car. Oh, wow. Is it keeping the little wing doors? I mean, I would be shocked if they didn't have (laughs) wing doors, right? It's got to have the wing doors. It's not a DeLorean without that. Right. Without that, it's just a Tesla. Uh, So, but to, to Elon Musk's credit, I mean, regardless of what you think about his company, his opinions are pretty anti-state sounding really no, man like, he's just he's your, he's your typical doge crypto meme bro he, he's a little know. more than that he's like come on guys let's pimp some doge some of my best Gate. friends are doge he's got he's got his little backwards hat. he's got his little backwards cap on and he's like hey dudes let's go hey kids let's go buy some doge that's elon musk man well he did say that uh, his internet company starlink has been told by some governments to block Russian news sources, because you might have heard that Starlink sent a bunch of uh, equipment to mm-hmm. Ukraine recently. Uh, he said, we will not do so unless at gunpoint. Sorry to be a free speech absolutist. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, good move on his part. I support that. Yeah. Musk, I don't think he's a Musk has some, has, you know, like anybody, he's got some some good points and he's got some bad points. The thing is, if he didn't have some bad points, he wouldn't be prominent because he wouldn't be making any money because see, the system yeah. is designed to set out. But this is the kind of decision I'm talking about. He calls, himself a free, he calls himself a free speech absolutist. Well, I think that's is absolutely really? a good idea. But is it absolutely true? I don't does know. he always stand for free speech every single time? I don't I know bet him he well does it. There's more coming up here. 603-283-6160. You can join us. This is Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. Free Talk Live phones are open here, and you're invited. If you want to join the show, you can. The number is 603-283-6160. Coming up, we'll get into the People's Convoy and what 
are they allegedly doing in or around Washington, D.C.? Because they didn't show up in D.C. on Saturday as they had said they didn't were Didn't they going come to. through New Hampshire at one point? There I, were different legs of it, yeah. Okay. So uh, some, I believe, started in the Upper Valley of New Hampshire and then headed down to Rendezvous in Hagerstown, Maryland at the uh, the Speedway there, which is where they're now based out of. So they're apparently returning there at nighttime at this point. So we'll get into what, okay. what's apparently going on. Uh, it's uh, Ian Aria and nobody here tonight on Free Talk Live. But we we ended up getting off, for whatever reason, on a side tangent of talking about Elon Musk here and what he might possibly believe. Aria, you say he's just a straight-up welfare queen. On the other hand, nobody says, well, well I'm look. not saying he's straight-up that. You know, he's probably got some personal beliefs of his own, right? Okay. But his, You did call him a welfare queen. He is absolutely a welfare whore, 100%. Okay. Well, he may be other things, but he is a welfare whore. And as nobody pointed out, well, look, you know, if the government's going to hand out some money, you might as well take it as long as you're willing to jump through whatever hoops they're going to put up in front of you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if if the Free State Project wanted, and I don't recommend this for public relations reasons, but if the Free State Project wanted to be really ruthless. The thing we would do is we'd all move to New Hampshire, quit our jobs, go on welfare, and then just do agorism. And that way we would be sucking money out of the government instead of putting money into the government. And we would be doing, you know, other things in the uh, in the background to, to keep ourselves going. Um, there's uh, That would still be immoral, though. Uh, well, I don't know. Is it, is, is it immoral if if, I mean, if, you're increasing if a thief is giving money away, is it immoral to take it? I don't think so. I think it's immoral to give them what they want for it, and what they want is loyalty. The thing is, they can give me as much money as they want, and they're not going to have my loyalty. Well, they can keep their blood money. I'm calling it immoral to take it. Well, okay, and this is where libertarians are going to disagree. I I tend to lean towards what nobody's position is on this, even though I myself am not interested in taking government welfare, simply because whenever you take something from them, they take something from you. And it might just be the obedience of filling out the forms in triplicate and you know filing them with the, the right bureaucracies or whatever, but it could be a lot more than that. There may be some level of uh, financial privacy that you have to give up or, or whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. It depends on whatever the, the giveaway is, what the strings are that are attached. That's why I say, as long as you're willing to jump through whatever hoops, it may be that they get to come to your house and look through it anytime they want to. As long as you're willing mm-hmm. to put up with the hoops then I don't think there's – I disagree. I don't think there's anything immoral with taking the money. I just think that it is yeah. an icky thing to be involved but, in. But, I mean, don't the place you- where I take the money is, uh, you know, back in the day, I ordered um, stimulants from the dark web, and that's how I kept my ADD in check. I, I didn't feel safe doing that after the raid, so I, um, I'm i getting Adderall, and yep, the government's paying for it. Well, they've they stolen to. enough from me that I have no problem taking something back I understand that, but let me address that. Ian's points. I mean, don't you advocate the usage of cryptocurrency because the usage of USD is immoral? Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, that's my personal belief. I don't think that it is immoral for an individual to take money from the government because, you know, you paid them. 
It's and best if they take it and short it and buy crypto with it. Yeah. And they're a criminal <laughs> enterprise, and they are going to continue robbing you and and murdering and harming people. Unless like you I use said, currency that they can't steal. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So we're just dealing with shades of They're immorality. going to keep hurting Everything people. Everything is a shade, shade of immorality. You cannot... You cannot live perfectly in a system that is designed to force you into all manner of impropriety. What, what you can do is do your best to fight against it and use whatever resources they, they put at your disposal to, you know, kick them in the fork whenever possible. Uh, I'm going to go to the phones here. We've got Bad Slave on the line in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Bad Slave. Hi, uh, Ian. Listen, Aria, good good to have you back. Thank you. Thanks. By the way, um, I, I, I have to imagine that you are engaging in, you know, significant ignorance about uh, Ian. <laughs> Elon what Musk. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I just assume I've been following him carefully because he's an interesting character. And I he think is. he's way more productive than he is some sort of a welfare whore. I mean, well, I, here's an article I, from I, May of 2015. Elon Musk's growing business empire is fueled by four and a half, $4.9 billion in government subsidies, including, as I mentioned. And he paid that back. I'm sorry. He's paid that back. He's paid that back. Well, there's nothing here well, in this then article then it would about that. It'll be a that. loan, not a subsidy. Well, it, you know, it it, it occurred in the uh, interim. I mean, it you know that's that's uh, five years ago. But here's Dan Dollop uh, of Jeffrey's Equity uh, uh, Equity sorry, Research saying he definitely goes where there is government money. What's that, Bad what? Slave? Couldn't hear you there. Go ahead. No, what did, what did you I say, Bad Slave? In seven years, and and I and I, and I've been paying attention. You've got to pay attention. You you spout off all the time on 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 really ignorant stuff, and I, and it, it, it. Do you have any to, sources about Elon Musk paying back this money? What? If she's you? asking where you heard that he paid back the billions. I've heard it reported uh, from different sources. I don't have the, uh, you know, the the link on the well, tip of I my do. brain. I do. It's right here in front of me from the L.A. Times of Elon Musk's growing business empire being fueled by $4.9 billion in government subsidies. And that was 2015, right? Yeah, That's so- seven years ago. So uh, he's saying it was paid back. He says he pays close attention. And so I don't know. I, I mean, he doesn't have anything to back it up. But then again, maybe he didn't know he was going to get into that conversation here tonight. He might well, he not called the, to get well, into the conversation. Well, no, you're 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 looking at old data. He, you know, the the fact is is that you can't get in the automotive business without playing some games with the government. They've got their their fingers into that so deep that it's 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 unfreaking believable. But the the fact is is that that he's produced two hundred and fifty thousand cars, and 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 Biden won't even talk to him because he he doesn't like unions and 
And, uh, you know, it's the, the Here we go, UAW, Batslave. A story from 2021. Tesla's dirty little secret. It's net profit doesn't come from selling cars. It comes from 11 states. Matter. Hold on. Hold on. This is last year, Batslave. 11 states require automakers to sell a certain percentage of zero emission vehicles by 2025. If they can't. Those automakers have to buy regulatory credits from another automaker that meets those requirements, like Tesla. And that's where Tesla and, gets and, its money. And, and, and so who, who's the, the perpetrator of that? The government or Tesla? You're, 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 you know, you don't end up being the, the, the richest man with, you know, if I think he's an honest operator. I, you know, you, you mm. have to do, you have to look from both sides of this this Well, I'll issue. tell you what. See if you can find uh, something to back up your claim, bad slave, that this guy has paid back subsidies. Because when you hear the term subsidy, that just means they give, you take. That's not a loan. So the idea that he would pay back a subsidy seems kind of unbelievable on its face, that particular claim. Uh, I'm not going to say that he's an, necessarily an honest operator, but... The idea that he should pay back his subsidy is also kind of nonsense because that means the government has the money and not somebody private. (laughs) Right. More coming up. Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Aria. And nobody. So somebody in our chat room, Jesus the Cynic, he's in the Twitch chat, posted an article from a website called cleantechnica.com and says looks like the caller was right uh he says or question mark tesla received 0.4 billion of federal loans and bailout support via the advanced technology vehicles manufacturing loan program however that amount was repaid in full with interest almost a decade early the federal loan Tesla received was for $465.5 million and was granted in 2010, the first recovery year after the 2009 financial crisis, as Clean Technica reported. Well, 2015 doesn't count. 2010 sure the hell does it. Says that was paid back nine years earlier than it had to be. But you said it was $4 billion? In 20, 2015? I don't right. remember the twenty. I don't remember the twenty fifteen number, but I've got you know a story here from two thousand twenty one about how it was three point three billion dollars over the last five years. Nearly half of that in the year twenty twenty alone. That's a hell of a lot more than half a billion dollars. You're talking about the one point six billion in regulatory credits it received last year far outweighed Tesla's net income of seven hundred twenty one million dollars. These guys are making these guys are losing money selling cars. They're making money selling credits, said Gordon Johnson of GLJ Research. I don't know anything about them, so but yeah, it does seem to be the case that they make at least the bulk of their money by selling carbon credits to companies like Ford and Chevrolet and other auto manufacturers who aren't meeting the Californian admission standards. Or Which whatever. is a totally government created market. It is. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, there's a detail here at Reason.com from December of last year where they cite an interview with the Wall Street Journal journalist uh, columnist Joanna Stern with Elon Musk 
talking about government subsidies and what the government's role should be. Uh, to be fair, I have no idea how much money Tesla directly receives from the government. To me, that's sort of not important. Whether they're getting money from other companies because government is acting as that redistribution mechanism by creating you know, these absurd um, carbon credits or whatever, I, it doesn't matter to mm-hmm. me. Tesla's entire business model seems to be built around them. So she says, say tomorrow you get a, call, a phone call from Joe Biden, and he asks, what are your needs in this $2 trillion spending bill? How do you answer him? Musk said, we don't think about it at all, really. It might be better if the bill doesn't pass. The federal budget deficit is insane. Something's got to give. You can't just spend $3 trillion more than you own every year and don't expect something bad to happen. Uh, He's right on that. Yep. Stern told Musk, again, the journalist says, with this bill, there's a lot of support for electric vehicles, and it helps Tesla. So if the bill shouldn't pass, what do you think the role of government should be? And Musk replies, quote, I think the role of government should be that of a referee, but not a player on the field. Government should try to get out of the way and not impede progress. He continued saying further, quote, the rules and regulations keep increasing every year. Rules and regulations are immortal. They don't die. Occasionally you see some law with a sunset provision, but really otherwise the vast majority of rules and regulations live forever. Eventually it just takes longer and longer and it's harder to do things. There's not really an effective garbage collection system for removing rules and regulations. And so gradually this hardens the arteries of civilization where you're able to do less and less over time. So I think government should really be trying hard to get rid of rules and regulations that perhaps had merit at some time, but don't have merit currently. So again, not the statement of a pure anarchist, but pretty liberty-friendly sounding, at least in that particular statement. Well, the CEO of Kraken came out and said, hey, don't keep your... I mean, if the government's come to us, we'll do what they demand. We don't like it, but we'll do it. That's what Elon Musk is saying here. And the thing is, expecting perfection is not... Not realistic. realistic. No, the, I don't expect the reality is anybody who lives, um, you know, I, I know very few people who live purely off the grid who are at any risk of ever becoming prominent because they don't, if, if you don't play the game at all, you don't have anything. And I say mm-hmm. that as somebody who doesn't play the game at all and doesn't have anything. Um. <laughs> the issue here, though, isn't that Elon Musk isn't perfect. It's that too many libertarians hold him up as this pinnacle of libertarians. He's out there fighting our fight. And that doesn't seem to be no, the case. He I talks our that. talk. I wouldn't say that he is any kind of pinnacle or anything like that. No, I he's know you to, wouldn't, but that's me, what you see on Facebook. It's just libertarians going to say, oh, Elon, Elon Musk is so great. And well, libertarians get excited anytime anyone with some sort of renown says something libertarian, right? Sure. It doesn't, doesn't because normally if you go around saying libertarian things, you don't have anything. Yeah, that's true. And so <laughs> when Musk gets it right, then I don't think there's anything wrong with patting him on the back and saying, all right, say more of this. This is good. You should say more of these things because mm-hmm. the dude has I don't know how many million million followers, whatever. Right? Like if uh, if Kim Kardashian all of a sudden started sounding really libertarian, I think that'd be a good thing too. And there are times when Kim Kardashian gets on uh, her platforms and and talks about releasing uh, people from behind bars, like she's helped with getting people pardons mm-hmm. and things like that. So like even she sometimes sounds libertarian. Yeah, she's involved with I think the Innocence Project. I believe she is, which is a uh a great 
great organization as far as I'm concerned. Indeed. And these are all great, but if there were libertarians out there on Facebook saying, hey, we didn't make Kim Kardashian our vice presidential no. candidate, <laughs> right. no, I would have an good. issue with it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the He said further, honestly, I would just can this whole bill. Don't pass it. Again, talking about the $2 trillion infrastructure uh, spending bill. The Build Back Better bill, which legislators are in Congress are hoping to ram through. Whatever happened with that thing? Are they still... It didn't know, but, go. But gas is like $4 and something yeah. a gallon now. So. <laughs> uh, it would include $12,500 tax credits for U.S.-made electric vehicles, up from the 7500 currently offered. Critics note that Musk has no reason to support the electric vehicle provision because Tesla factories are not unionized. But there are other good reasons for him to oppose these provisions. EV adoption and the creation of charging stations are plugging along just fine. Government intervention or no government intervention needed, a point specifically made by Musk, who noted the federal government doesn't pay for gas stations and doesn't need to build EV charging stations. Quote, I'm literally saying get rid of all subsidies, unquote, clarified Musk. And then they uh, point out here that it's nice to hear Musk denouncing government intervention, but he has unquestionably benefited handsomely from government subsidies in the past. So this looks a bit like he's pulling the ladder up behind him to stymie encroaching competitors. Like, oh, I got my subsidy. Now we don't need any more subsidies. Well, he's still getting subsidies, so which he would not be if there weren't any. Musk is, uh, let's see... Uh, the model businessman of the age of Obama wrote the Washington Examiner a few years ago. His businesses thrive on mandates, regulations, and subsidies. Tesla received a federal loan guarantee to make its plug-in cars, which are also subsidized through tax credits for buyers. Solar Cities suppliers are subsidized solar panel makers, and its customers get tax credits for getting the panels installed. I'm guessing Solar City is one of his companies. Uh, and SpaceX, which is his company is largely a government contractor apparently that's that's the company that's running starlink the new uh internet which sucks because spacex is like the one truly private enterprise that we need a company sending rockets out there into space trying to colonize mars or whatever give me a private company doing that and i'll be 100 percent behind it Tesla Motors, Solar City Corporation, and Tess and Space Exploration Technologies Company, corporation known as SpaceX, together benefited from an estimated $4.9 billion in government support. This is your LA Times investigation. Musk and his companies enjoy, uh, investors enjoy most of the financial upside of government support while taxpayers shoulder the cost. And more recently, SpaceX and Amazon's Project Cupier have publicly jousted, sicking the Federal Communications Commissioner, Commission on the other all while suckling at the government teat to get millions in subsidies for satellite internet projects. Still, Musk's own suspect motivations for ending these subsidies don't make the substance of his comments less true. When taken with his other government skeptical statements like, quote, it doesn't make sense to take the job of capital allocation away from people with a demonstrated great skill in capital allocation and give it to an entity that has demonstrated very poor skill in capital allocation, talking about the government. Uh, he says it seems like Musk may have unseated free speech-loving Jack Dorsey as America's richest, staunchest government skeptic. After all, he says, quote, the government is simply the biggest corporation with a monopoly on violence where you have no recourse, he said, when asked if billionaires like him should have their wealth seized via taxation and redistributed by the federal government. So when he says things like that, using the term yeah. monopoly on violence, <laughs> I mean, yeah. we love that stuff. He could almost be quoting me. Government is a corporation with the license to kill. The number, if you want to join the show here, 
603-283-6160. Let's talk about D.C., the People's Convoy. Is it going to do anything like what they did in Canada so far? Doesn't look like it. More coming up. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off, now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live phones are open. If you want to join the show, you can. The number is 603-283-6160. We're going to get into what's happening with the D.C. or the alleged D.C. protests from the People's Convoy that has been on the road since February 23rd. Arriving in the D.C. region on Friday and Saturday in Hagerstown, Maryland. They're located at the Speedway uh, there in Hagerstown. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Aria. And nobody. It's hard to imagine because I've seen footage of what looked like way more trucks than would fit in a Speedway. Um... Well, I imagine they've got a lot of parking toward, lot. There's a lot. Huh. Of, I imagine there's a lot of space in the parking lot at the Speedway as well. I don't know the. I would. I would imagine so. But it. What I've. Some of the images I've seen have looked like hundreds of trucks. Yeah, there's a lot just, of trucks. In fact, there's one image that I saw that said that there's so much. There's so many people at this Speedway that people have to park very far away. Right. Oh, so, okay. Like it's. So they've, pretty, they've spread beyond the speedway. They're, that's just where their uh, their their command post is. Or correct. Something. Okay. Yeah. So there there's a lot of people that are involved in this thing. They've been gathering uh, steam ever since they started in California on the 23rd, and they're supposed to go into D.C. on Saturday, but they put that off, I guess, to you know regroup, rest a little bit before they headed in uh, to D.C. And they did do that yesterday for the first time. So I'm going to share with you a post from. The People's Convoy's uh, Facebook group, which is the following. So this came out today, nine hours ago. Chris Young posts, DC Beltway, here we come for the second time. Today we will be rolling two wide and one time around and will return to Hagerstown Speedway for the night. He says, DC has been in contact with us. Uh, they talk about the departure and they give some di- directions and how they intend to re- uh, to return Quote, hey, D.C., if you weren't sure from yesterday just how big we are, here's your chance to get a second look. Oh, and P.S., we are growing by the minute. Not all trucks were sent out this morning. Stay tuned. We will hold the line. You work for us. 
So what exactly are they protesting? Well, according to their website, which is thepeoplesconvoy.org, they would like to, let's see if it still has it here, end the declaration of national emergency regarding COVID-19. Okay. And restore the nation's constitution. Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's a good idea. It, it, and it was a good idea The constitution back in. isn't perfect, but it's a lot better than what we have now. Yeah. And it was a good idea back in, you know, 1778 or whatever, but it didn't work the first time what makes them think it would work a second well these are people who are still of that belief system that they can somehow fix the united states that if you just uh protest hard enough or elect the right people that all of a sudden everything's going to be okay again and of course we know that that's a bunch hmm. of bunk and it's but pure it's fantasy. a step on the path you know it's it's um what do you mean by that it's well if you if you take where your average person is, your average American, mm-hmm. and then you get that person to the point where they're saying, hey, restore the Constitution. Well, for one thing, they're recognizing that the Constitution is not is not being obeyed. OK, that's to me, that was a huge step, realizing that they don't play by their own rules. True. And um, when they ignore these people, that might be that next step of like, OK, maybe yeah, we can't change this. when they either ignore them or sick the military on them yeah. or, or, you or know, whatever accounts. they do. You know, they say that a uh, conservative is a liberal who's been mugged and a libertarian is a conservative who's been arrested. Um, <laughs> now, at this point, if all they're doing is just simply going around the D.C. Beltway slowly one time, that's probably not going to get them arrested. I mean, that's what they've announced here in this Well, they weren't post. doing anything illegal in Canada either. <laughs> that's true. And most of them weren't arrested. Now, this, mm-hmm. the statement from the police is that they may be arresting them later on. Uh, mm-hmm. But they did not arrest most of them in you know, front of Ottawa's uh, Parliament Hill. There were a few of the organizers who were snatched up, and they did make about 180 arrests during mm-hmm. the actual crackdown phase where they had lines, of, you know, thick lines of cops pushing protesters places. So they did make some arrests in that case. But during the three weeks running up to that, uh, there were very few arrests that, uh, that had happened there. I suspect this it's going to play out differently if some drivers end up in dc proper which so far hasn't happened here's the mainstream media perspective nothing about dc is proper indeed Uh, i can't imagine why anyone would want to go there for any reason but uh, here's what the uh, washington post there's something to be said for bearding the lion in his den i'm not interested in it personally because i'm not interested in it either i've 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 done quite enough damage to myself bearding the lion out here yeah right um (laughs) Uh, so here's what the mainstream media has to say this is the washington post's perspective hundreds this uh, by the way came out earlier today hundreds of trucks cars and suvs protesting the government's response to the pandemic were circling the capitol beltway on monday afternoon for a second day of protests organizer brian bray said the group which circled the beltway twice on sunday has no plans to take their protests beyond the beltway but did acknowledge there's a passionate faction of the convoy that does want to head into the nation's capital. Quote, a lot of people want me to say certain things and put this convoy into a certain direction. I'm not going to listen to all of them. I'm going to listen to the people, he said. 
The group is expected to make one loop around the Beltway before returning to its base at Hagerstown Speedway more than an hour outside of Washington. It took about 25 minutes for the convoy to pass on the Beltway with several breaks in between. That's pretty long. They're saying that's how long Mm. the convoy was, you know, watching from the beginning to the end of it. Took them 25 minutes. Uh, The convoy contained about 130 large trucks as well as hundreds of smaller vehicles. Brace, a 37-year-old truck driver from northwest Ohio, said a delay in returning to Washington Monday morning was a result of security concerns. He said there were concerns about people trying to come in here who didn't belong, including those who wish to cause harm, violence, and disruption. He says those people are not welcome. Who is this? Governor Sununu? It sounds like Governor Sununu. Uh, alleged Someone's th- protesting and I'm scared. They're he's, threatening hmm. me. He's an alleged 37-year-old truck Are driver. You threatening me? <laughs> Authorities across the D.C. region have monitored Hold the on, group. Hold on, this was one of the people in the convoy saying some people who don't belong here are coming. Well, uh, that's inevitable yeah. in a protest like this. There are going to be some mm-hmm. uh, likely federal agents who try to show up and make you look bad. Yeah, sure, you're going to have feds waving swastikas. And, uh, what I don't understand is why this guy doesn't and why he's out there making these bizarre claims that, oh, no, people who don't belong here are coming. Well, yeah, dude. Well, they are that's people who don't belong there. And he's saying, he, he's saying he doesn't want those people there, which right. I'm, I'm I not think sure is what's a confusing. Good he doesn't define who those people are. He just said, there's some people who wish bad upon. Us, well, how would he coming. know who they are? Like, yeah, I mean, it's just it makes him sound like a delusional governor, Sununu. Like people, um, people are out here know, doing seems, stuff, and I'm scared. I don't know if he's saying he's he's scared. He's just saying that well, he, he's, he's saying people wish him harm. He would prefer. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying that there are people who intend to cause harm, violence, and disruption. Who uh, you know may be trying to show up in the protest, mm-hmm. and he is against that. So I think he still we would sounds all... like Sununu to me. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm I, against those I people I would have too. said the same thing if people yeah. had been showing up to the 420 too, rally so far, and you know smashing that. things up or whatever. I, I would have said those people don't belong here. I yeah, but so them. far we haven't seen those people here either any more than we saw them outside of Governor Sununu's house. Okay, mm. well that may be true, but that, that, I don't think there's anything wrong. I with haven't his... seen anybody there. I haven't. I haven't seen much footage. Um, you know, but I. If if he's saying that you know people are showing up who are who are you know feds are trying to instigate stuff or being uh, being agents provocateur, I have no reason to disbelieve him. I think it's I would be surprised if that wasn't happening. Yeah, I, I mean to me, Aria, this seems like a sensible cover your ass statement to the media to say, hey, look, uh, we don't agree. If if you see anybody doing violence, if you see anybody you know causing harm or disruption, we that's not us. We're not, we don't agree with those people. They've been threatening to show up, but they're not part of what we're doing here. I mean, that's just a standard line, I would think, from anybody who's organizing a peaceful protest is to say, hey, look, we're not advocating for violence here. So if somebody shows up talking about it, they're not one of us. Uh, and I think uh, you know anybody that does a public event like this where you're expecting hundreds, if not thousands, of people to show up, it's probably a good idea to make statements like that. Uh, but there's more coming up here. We'll get into uh, what is happening with the D.C. truckers protest coming up. Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. 
We had somebody in our chat room earlier claiming that he was actually involved in the People's Convoy. He says they're still in Hagerstown. Um, yeah, Timothy Burchett on our Facebook feed. Uh, Timothy, if you uh, feel like calling in, tell us about it. Would love to actually hear from somebody, you know, on the ground in the midst of this thing. I mean, from what they're saying here, it doesn't really seem like they're going to really be doing anything of significance. I mean, so far they've toured around the Beltway, which is the the big loop that goes outside it's outside of D.C. Uh, I don't know if it's technically in D.C. I presume it is as far as the city limits or whatever, but it's it's not the actual like heart of the city or anything like that. You're not you're not actually even though the Beltway is generally considered bad traffic. So they're probably not even slowing it down uh, much more than it would normally be. But if that's all they're planning on doing is just rolling around the Beltway a couple times here and there and then calling it a day and heading heading back. Was that really worth driving all the way across the country for and making, you know, a big to do about? It's probably having a much bigger impact that they're not out there actually like delivering stuff to stores. You know, that, yeah, that's it, probably having a bigger impact on things than them driving around the Beltway. And that's that's a small impact, too. Right. But that's not something that you, I mean, that's just a speculative statement. That's not something you can easily point to and say, hey, look, we did this. You know, like you can't there's if they're. Okay, if the mainstream media article is to be believed, and there's no reason to believe them necessarily, but they claim 130 trucks plus many, many other individual vehicles. So people with their cars and, you know, pickup trucks or whatever. But 130 full-on semi kind of trucks are involved in this. That's a fair amount, but it's nothing in comparison to – it's not going to like – dramatically affect the shipping lanes or anything right. like that. Yeah, it the, sounds like the, a really small number of Well, that's a hu- that's a huge number of trucks to come to a protest. I mean, that's you try putting 130 trucks anywhere and you're going to have a difficult time, right? Like that's not something that you can easily uh easily do. So I'm I'm happy to hear that there are that many drivers who are involved and I don't think you had much more than that in uh in Ottawa. I mean, they definitely had dozens and dozens there, maybe a couple hundred in Ottawa, but again, in Ottawa, they were also backed up by a bunch of people in their individual vehicles. So it's hard to say okay. how many vehicles were truly involved. It does say hundreds. They do admit hundreds of smaller vehicles. So 130 large trucks, hundreds of smaller vehicles. So let's call it a thousand uh, vehicles at minimum. That's a pretty significant turnout. That's a lot of people who dedicated a lot of time and a lot of gas money. To come all the way out to D.C. <laughs> just to have the organizers say, okay, well, here's all we're going to do on the second run. They did two uh, loops around the Beltway yesterday. Is this like a Walls of Jericho thing? Like where the third day they're going to circle <laughs> around it fall. three times and then the fourth day, four times on the seventh day, the walls of D.C. will just crumble and there will be no more federal government? Yeah. Does D.C. have walls? It's got figurative walls. Okay. That would be nice if that actually happened. I mean... I mean I, I would love for them to do that just to see if that happens. It wouldn't, but, I mean, that's the best plan they have at this point. It's probably, hey, no, we're, we're doing the Bible thing, guys. This well, is Jericho. The, this organizer they spoke with, Brian Brace, whoever he is, uh, says that they're not planning to go into D.C., but he did acknowledge there are some in the group who are planning to go, quote-unquote, beyond the Beltway. And we did read an interview 
with another guy from Pennsylvania, and I forget his name, but he also said he had something that he was going to do besides just drive around the Beltway because he felt Ooh, like that's that ominous. Was- that that wasn't going to be enough. Well, I wouldn't say it's ominous. I think it just means he's going into the city to do something. Now, I don't know if that's park out in front of the White House or what it is that, that he has uh, in mind. But let me go on here with the official uh, propaganda from the Washington Post. They say authorities across the D.C. region have monitored the group and warned drivers about potential traffic problems in coming days. Some officials have encouraged drivers to avoid the Beltway when possible. Virginia State Police spokesperson Corrine Geller said Monday the agency will continue to follow the plan that it had in place over the weekend, saying it's not clear when the convoy will arrive on the Virginia side of the Beltway, but said state police will respond as needed. D.C. Police Chief Robert Conti III told reporters at a Monday briefing that officials continue to monitor the convoy. While peaceful demonstrations are welcome, he said, he warned that, quote, there are certain things in the district we are not going to tolerate and did not elaborate further. The group plans to stay at the Speedway through the weekend, Brace said, adding that he hopes, this is the organizer speaking, quote, this is all over by Wednesday? That's your that's your plan is to be done by Wednesday? That, that is their current plan? That's according to this guy they found for this media interview. Now, maybe this guy is a total plant, and he's not actually you know an organizer. I, I don't know. That's uh, not enough to, dr- to drive around seven times or whatever. No. To do the biblical thing. No, that's, that's disappointing. So they drive all this way. They make a couple of loops around D.C. Hang and, out at the Speedway at night. And then they just and then go, go home? That's it? Wow. Well, hopefully some of them will, uh, you know, it's we'll it break seems away likely that some of them will break away and either stay or come up with something else to do. He um, didn't exclude. It sounds like this guy has cold feet. Sounds like he's scared. He's Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it's a scary. They're a scary group. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it's way well, scarier to go into D.C. For, for a protest like this than it is to uh, to Ottawa. Yeah, I, I would say so. The D.C. government's a lot more bloodthirsty. Um, they've got a lot more experience at, you know, black ops. Right, and, look at what they're doing to people who took an unauthorized tour on January 6th. They're locking those people in prison. Yeah. Yeah. For milling around and taking selfies. He didn't disclose the group's plans for the rest of the week, but said it could include meetings with lawmakers. Really? I mean... <laughs> Was that the whole point of this, was to get politicians to meet with you? Because uh, let me tell you what's going to happen. The politicians that are meeting with you are going to tell you what you want to hear. They're going to butter you up. They're going to try to get your support for their re-election campaign, and they're going to do absolutely nothing for you. That's all we've seen this entire year since all of the COVID nonsense finally went away. There was no science behind the Democrats suddenly reversing their positions. Nope. None of the science changed here in Keene when they're like, hey, yeah, we don't really need the mask anymore. Nothing changed. It just became politically unpopular for them to continue holding those positions. Right. We uh, we actually read the, uh, there was like a, uh, it wasn't a press release. It was a leaked memo that came out from Biden's polling firm advising Democrats to back down, quote unquote, take the win on COVID, pat yourselves on the back and stop talking about restrictions because you're going to lose the next election if you keep going with this restriction stuff. They've already lost it as far as I can tell. And I'm not sad by that. I'm not happy about it, but I'm not sad by it there. As far as my personal freedoms go, Democrats are a little bit worse than Republicans. 
Yeah, the, I found myself thinking today, I can't believe I'm saying it, but I miss Trump. Trump yeah, was wow. Trump was funny. He was at, at least entertaining. Trump was hilarious. Yeah. He was one of the great trolls of history. Well, now apparently if you have uh, an iPhone, you can get on his new Truth Social website. Well, I don't have an iPhone. Well, you can I'm join really the not cheater. interested. If he's not trolling the whole country, it's no fun to watch. <laughs> All right, so... We're going to keep our eyes on this people's convoy. Hope something, you know, interesting happens. But so far, apparently it's just touring around the Beltway with a fairly large number of people. Are they going to do anything else? If you know, call us. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of... Where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on joined the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because... I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. It is Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us right here at 603-283-6160, especially if you have been in the uh, People's Convoy. Are you one of the hundreds of cars? According to the mainstream media, I mean, at the very least, they are admitting in the Washington Post that they saw hundreds of vehicles and plus about 130 full-on uh, tractor-trailer trucks. So it sounds like a pretty big protest, in a, and a, from the pictures I've seen where they're located at their stopping point, for instance, over at the Hagerstown Speedway, it's it seems very large. I mean, there's they have this humongous 150 or 100 foot wide American flag that they, they unfurl. Like, it's as wide as nine trucks parked right next to one another. Where do you even get a flag that big? That's what I was wondering. Probably China, (laughs) but I mean, it's how you unfurl that and actually get people. It's amazing. Uh, So, like, I will say it's also amazing that a mainstream outlet's even talking about this. I mean, I've been out of the loop this weekend, but prior to that, there was the convoy in auto or or whatever, and none of this was ever talked about in the mainstream media that I saw. The Ottawa one was all over mainstream media in Canada. Okay, that's true. I was not on the air, so I wasn't checking the news when yeah, that Yeah, no, happened. it was huge. But the Freedom Convoy thing, this is the first I've heard about it. Well, the mainstream did ignore it throughout most of the 11 days that they were traveling. It did get a few uh, headlines early on when it first started, where basically it was, oh, okay, well, the DC's aware of this, and they're bringing in the National Guard. But it was only like 700 National Guard, so it was near, nowhere near as many as uh, after January 6th. Remember when they brought in thousands of National Guard troops, and they locked down the streets in Well, that in probably DC. still you know, matches these truckers or these this convoy one-to-one, or pretty close to it. Maybe. Um, and they were also telling the D.C. police they couldn't take time off over the next two weeks. So, like, they definitely want to have uh, 
troops, if you will, on the ground in D.C. And but that was what came out early on. And then for the majority of the time during the actual driving, there was very little coverage that I was able to see about it. But now they can't be ignored at this point. I mean, they actually are there and there actually are, you know, thousands of people that are involved in this thing. But it seems like at least from their own statement, this isn't just the Washington Post. It's on their own Facebook group where they're saying that their only plan for today would be to roll, quote unquote, rolling too wide and one time around the Beltway and then return to Hagerstown Speedway for the night. Oh, I thought we were up to two trips today. No, that was yesterday. Okay, so well, I the, think the Washington Post said they did it twice or something. I don't know. But yeah, one or two trips around the Beltway and then go back and hang out at the Speedway for the night. Wait, dude, you could have done this in Meta. <laughs> <laughs> or Decentraland about, or something. Yeah, and it would have had exactly the same impact. Well, it's not over yet, so we'll see. We'll keep an eye on this uh, as it develops. If you want to join the show, you can here at 603-283-6160. So... There are some interesting developments in regards to the Ukraine situation. And I know, Arya, you had something about the vodka companies that have been targeted by protests and governments, apparently. We can get into that. Yeah, uh, like Governor Sununu here in New Hampshire, he created this executive order, which it surprises me that the governor has the power to do this in the first place. And I, I don't think the situation in Ukraine constitutes a state of emergency for New Hampshire, but whatever. Sununu has his little COVID state of emergency, so he's making an executive order. I, I guess. don't think there is a state of emergency in New Hampshire right now. I believe that was rescinded in June. But the liquor stores are run by the the government, which makes them part of the executive branch. Correct. So he can oh, probably okay. tell the liquor stores to do whatever he wants. Right. So he doesn't need an emergency status gotcha. to do an executive order. So what he so did was... So the difference was, is he just issued an executive order, not an emergency order. Right. Yeah. So what he did was he told the wine and liquor stores here that, hey, you can't sell any... Russian stuff, and you got to get rid of it. So there were videos... Wait, wait, wait. They actually dumped them out? I thought they were just taking them off the shelves. It depends, right? There there are videos of bars and stuff like that pouring vodkas down the drain. But down, those videos into, have come from all over the United States. Have you seen that specifically from New yeah, Hampshire? Yeah, there was one in New Hampshire. I don't remember the name okay. of the bar, but I, I saw the name, and I was so like, that's just a New virtue. Hampshire bar. I'm pretty sure I've been there. So they're just virtue signaling, though, right? Sure, but... Okay. The the one that I re- distinctly remember watching them pour down was Salichnaya, and I'm almost certainly not pronouncing that correctly. Okay, but it sounds Russian, right? It looks like a Russian. It looks like a Russian word. Come to find out, it's actually produced in Latvia, not Russia. And that's a isn't that a former uh, Soviet state? Probably. Yeah, Latvia is a former social, uh, Soviet state. It's actually. If I recall correctly, Latvia and Estonia are supposed to be two of the freest economic places in the world. Mm. What's really frustrating is that this caused me to, because I would love nothing more than for this Selichnia vodka to be on the list of alcohols that these liquor stores aren't allowed to have. But whatever list Sununu has put together, it's not publicly available. So I can't confirm that liquor stores... I would have to go to the liquor store to see if I could find Selishnaya Vodka, and I didn't think to do that before oh, I came here today. Far be it from you to go to the liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I haven't had anything stronger than ciders other than, like, Friday night in, like, three weeks. Hmm. So, you have not seen any evidence that the state of New Hampshire has poured out the liquor? 
Right. Okay. But there have been bars doing it. Because that would be pretty upsetting for them to actually pour. I mean, it's... It it's yeah, if those are taxpayer time. dollars, they're, play, they're pouring down the drain. Right. I would not be happy. Well, it wouldn't be the first time some government or company did something stupid like this, or just some individual. When Colin Kaepernick started protesting on behalf of Nike, people would buy Nikes solely to burn them or throw them in the trash or whatever. Which sounds like a windfall for Nike. Yeah, or they would take the Nikes <laughs> that they already had and it's just like, no, I'm setting these on fire. I'm getting rid of these. It's like, dude, you already paid for it. It's already done. You're not hurting anyone with this gesture. And that's what mm-hmm. this ultimately comes down to. But to come to find out, at least this one bar in New Hampshire that was doing this was doing it to vodka that's not even Russian. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suspect most and of they their... probably don't know that. They, yeah. they were probably just Russian to do something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and probably most of their customers don't know it either. Yeah. I mean, I assumed when I saw it, like, I was at Liberty Forum this last weekend where I did have mm-hmm. a few drinks, and, you know, what, I drink a vodka and Sprite. And they were like, well, what kind of vodka do you want? Do you have any Russian ones? Uh, we don't know. We, we have Grey Goose and something else. I was like, all right, then I don't really care. But yeah. I don't know. Give me a Russian-sounding one, at least. They this whole one. thing of punishing the Russian people, punishing Russian business people, punishing... And American people, right? Well, the people importing it, you mean? Well, I mean, this crap, all of these sanctions, that's the reason that gas is... Cur- I mean, you were right there. It was already going up anyway, sure. but it escalated like 33% over oh, yeah. the course of like four days. We saw it go up because uh, Bonnie and I had to drive out to Manchester in the morning and then drive back to Keene because I'm on curfew on my bail restriction, so I couldn't spend the night in the hotel. So, you know, we had to spend an extra three hours driving this weekend when you guys could just hang out at the hotel and, and crash there. Uh, but Sorry. It's not your fault. <laughs> uh, Nobody ever accused the government of logical consistency. But we saw the price of gas go up in the, you know, 12 hours or whatever between when we drove out there and when we drove back to Keene. Like, it went up during that same day. So it's it's incredible. Right now, there's like a huge uh, range of gas station prices in in town. Just on on West Street in Keene, one station's got it for like four dollars and thirteen cents, and another one's four twenty nine a gallon. So it's they're all up, and they're up in a big way. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, and it happened in just the span of a few days, and it's yeah. solely a result of all of these economic sanctions. Sure. It's hurting the Russian people. It's hurting. I saw a news article today on Dredge Press. Like, oh, our sanctions are hurting the Russian oligarchs. Okay. They're also hurting the Russian people. The oligarchs right? are doing just fine. Yeah, and the okay. American people. Yeah. Oh, no. The oligarchs had to sell their yacht. Uh, right. By the way, you were right. Uh, nobody. Latvia. I pulled up the Human Freedom Index. Normally, we look at the Economic Freedom Index, but Fraser Institute also apparently has a Human Freedom Index, which I believe looks at both personal and economic freedoms. And Latvia ranked at number 21 on the charts, not far behind the United States at number 15, and Estonia at number 4. Oh, wow. Okay. On the charts. I thought Latvia and Estonia were about the same, but I, I guess mean, they're still Estonia top 20. edges them out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, still pretty good for a former Soviet state. Either way, uh, more coming up here. The number is 603-283-6160. Hong Kong, by the way, down 10 spots on that chart to number 30. So they are wow. heading way down the list. Uh, there's more coming up here. You can join us on Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want here. The number is 603-283-6160. By the way, I want to say thank you to Paul, who is a Free Talk Live Gold supporter of the AMPS program. It's a Patreon that you can join. 
over at amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. That takes you right over to our Patreon. And it is there where you can get signed up with your uh, debit card, credit card, or your PayPal account. You can help us advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live. Paul's gold level, which means that he's doing at least 10 bucks a month. So thank you, Paul, for that support. We definitely appreciate it. It helps us get Free Talk Live on more great radio stations around the country and spread the ideas of freedom as far as we can. You get some cool perks, too. Head over to amps.freetalklive.com. You can get started over there. Uh, so since we brought up the Human Freedom Index, I always like to check the bottom five on the Human Freedom Index. This is the 2021 edition. You have to remember, whenever they publish, whether it's the Economic Freedom Index or the Human Freedom Index, this is from FraserInstitute.org. There's also the Heritage uh, Foundation, which does an Economic Freedom Index as well. And Cato does... I know they do the Freedom in the 50 States. I don't know if Cato does any international ones. But anyway, uh, they always are old by a couple years because you know the studies and the data that they use to compile these reports you have to you have to give them time to come out but and then you have to compile them and so they usually are two years behind so yeah this is, but we're ravenous for the covid years that's we, what i'm we saying we want to know the data yeah and this this cuts off on 2019 so it's through the end of 2019 so this does not factor in Anything that happened in the last two years, so keep that in mind here. I'll give you actually the top five, and then we'll go to the bottom five. Uh, The uh, top five here, number one, two, and three tied. No, I'm sorry. They're not tied. They just didn't change So compared to last year. Uh, So number one, Switzerland is the highest ranked country as far as human freedom. New Zealand at number two. Yeah, that one's got to come down the list. (laughs) Yes. Wow. That's way off. Yeah. Uh, Denmark at number three. Uh, Estonia at number four, up from, by the way, number five. So Estonia jumped up a spot. And Ireland up from number six to number five. I'll give you the top ten here. Finland at number six, tied with Canada for number six. I'm going to hope to see that one what go do down the list. What do you mean by human freedom? Is that like personal freedom? Is that how I'm to interpret that? So this has two scores. There's actually a personal freedom score and an economic freedom score. And then I believe they're averaging that score to get the human freedom okay. score. So it looks at both. Uh, so Canada tied with Finland for number six. Australia at number eight. Also got to be gotta adjusted. Fall. It's got to come way down. Sweden at number nine and Luxembourg at number ten. I think Sweden did okay during COVID, if I'm remembering correctly. They did all right, yeah. I mean, they weren't. They were less tyrannical than most other European nations, if I recall. By far. Uh, we go to the end of the list. Anyone want to take a guess at number 165? Keep in mind, North Korea is not on the Singapore. list. Singapore. No, Singapore is actually not bad. Not if you're not Muslim. For, in a lot of ways. for personal freedom, Singapore is generally not considered uh, very free. But economically, they tend to be considered very free. Well, if you're yes. a Muslim, you're probably okay. But if you're not, you're you should probably get out of Singapore. Singapore ranked apparently at number 48 on the charts. Okay. But yeah, usually on the economic freedom list, they're number two under yeah. Hong Kong. Would it be bet Hong China's Kong is too obvious? One oh, anymore. North Korea, duh. Yeah, North Korea no, is not, not on, on the list. list. You can't oh. get data out of North Korea. <laughs> So there's no way to really well, that know. automatically makes them last, right? <laughs> they are absolutely one of the the worst places to be, but they there's no actual like numbers that are released. I mean, anything released from North Korea comes from the North Korean government, so you can't actually trust it. Right. So they usually get left off these lists. 
Uh, so you want to take another crack at it? If it's not North Korea, it's got to be like China or someone like that. Actually, China, not in the bottom 10, but it is near the bottom uh, portion. It's number 150 out of 165. So it's pretty low. Hmm. Uh, at the bottom here, let's give you the uh, from the Venezuela, bottom up. Venezuela at number one sixty four, so Bullpen. almost the worst. The worst, according to this, on human freedom is the Syrian Arab Republic at number one hundred and sixty five with a score of out of a potential ten points. It got a three point six six. Venezuela at number one sixty four with a four point zero three. So that's basically just Syria, right? Yeah. Okay. It sounds like that might be a politically motivated conclusion then. I bet you it's a really bad place to live. <laughs> Any worse than Iraq or Iran or well, Saudi Iraq Arabia? is in the bottom ten. Uh, okay. Yemen, uh, Yemen is number one sixty three. Sudan at one sixty two. Egypt one sixty one. Iran at one sixty. To Somalia. be fair, Yemen would Where's probably Saudi be better Arabia? if Saudi Arabia wasn't bombing them. It's coming up shortly. Uh, Somalia at one fifty nine. Burundi at one fifty seven. Tied with Iraq at one fifty seven. Libya at one fifty six. And Saudi Arabia. At number one fifty-five, so right there in the uh, the bottom hmm. ten. So the Middle East just not a very good place not to a be real if free you want place. freedom. Yeah, mm. not at all. I, How I about Afghanistan? Ooh, that's well, in two thousand nineteen, the United States was still there, so it probably would have been doing better. Hmm. Strangely, it is not on the list. That's not suspicious at all. Yeah. <laughs> just like North Korea. Well, interestingly, when I searched for Afghanistan, it's listed next to North Korea on a list of women in uh, virtually no women enjoy full freedom of movement like North Korea or Afghanistan under the Taliban. Now, that's uh, hmm. yeah, that's all the only time it's mentioned in the entire 435 page document. Were the Taliban already in charge in 2019? I thought we were running the show or... Well, I've never been there. The government. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, The U.S. government withdrew, I think, in early 2021. I think it was one of the first things Biden did, and that was mostly because Trump had locked him onto that course of action. Well, there was that, and I'm also, uh, according to a report on, on the Hill, he was being told that if he didn't pull out voluntarily that they were going to get overrun. So uh, I I don't know if that's true or not, but that's that's what was said. Well, it's interesting uh, that we talk about Venezuela here because it actually is in the news. And we were discussing oil prices, which, of course, are running up to near record levels in the United States. There was one other time when oil did hit over four dollars a gallon. And it was, I think, like 2008 or 2009. There was a quick a spike up. Um, so it's likely going to break that record here. If if it hasn't already today, it's probably going to very, very soon. And you mentioned, Ari, that this is a direct result of the government's meddling with sanctions on the, the government and the people of Russia. Because, again, the people of Russia... And also the, the people of America, because we right. could still be fracking. Well, it's always the people. we are. It's always the people that pay the price for sanctions. It's never the elites. It's never the, you know, the politicians. It's the people that suffer. And a lot of the people in Russia do not want war. They do not want to invade Ukraine. They don't want to... I imagine that's true everywhere. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. your average person out there just probably doesn't want to kill a bunch of other people. Right. That, I'm just speculating here, being an average person, I, I can't imagine too many people are that bloodthirsty. So here's the interesting thing that has developed, because now that the United States government is saying no oil from Russia, 
well, they still have to get oil from somewhere. And obviously there's the Middle East, right? There's plenty of it there and everything. But curiously, according to the New York Times, senior U.S. officials are now traveling to Venezuela. You know, that same government that's been starving its own people for the last, most of the last 10 years that have been so impoverishing through socialism, their own people, that they don't even eat two full meals a day and have been losing weight consistently year after year for the last few years. Sounds familiar. Because they're so poor, they can't get uh, like clean drinking water easily. It's just an absolutely hellish existence from the stories that we've heard to live there and the u.s government until recently had been very unfriendly towards nicolas maduro and the venezuelan government they had put sanctions on the venezuelan government as a matter of fact but now they're going and crawling on their knees it sounds like well wasn't venezuela part of bush's bush jr's axis of evil along with iran and i thought they were i think it was iran north korea and russia I thought Venezuela was the third. Maybe they will have to look that way. But it was under Chavez, so it was quite a while ago. We'll have to look that one. That's an interesting question. But uh, but they're now the Biden administration is coming to Venezuela and asking for help. Uh, they're stepping up. <laughs> yeah. The trip is I'd the, like to be a fly on the wall. <laughs> the trip is the highest level visit by Washington officials to Caracas in years. The United States broke off diplomatic relations with Maduro and closed its embassy in Caracas in 2019 after accusing the authoritarian leader of electoral fraud. The Trump administration then tried to topple Maduro's government by sanctioning Venezuelan oil exports and the country's senior officials and by recognizing the opposition leader, Juan Guaido, as Venezuela's lawful president. We reported on all that here on Free Talk Live. Of course, Maduro is still ensconced comfortably. He's still fat. Uh, and well-fed, while the rest of his people are hungry and not doing so hot. Sounds like socialism. But what we'll give you a little bit more about what's happening here in moments, and you can take control of the airwaves. Hour three's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live as we kick off the third hour of the program. The phones are open for you if you want to join us here at 603-283-6160 in the studio tonight. It's Ian. Aria. And nobody. We're going to tell you more about how the U.S. government that used to be against the Venezuelan government used to sanction the Venezuelan government. Of course, the people are the ones that suffer from sanctions. Uh, But used to have sanctions on Venezuela are now crawling on their knees, coming back to old Maduro and saying that they need help. I don't... I, see, I just don't picture it that way. I think what the American government is doing here is dangling some money in a trailer park and trying to get the Venezuelans <laughs> to get on their knees. Could very well be. But we'll, like, Oh, hey, we do want some of that money. Yes, I yes, wanna, Mr. Biden. I want to get back into it here. Uh, but first, we do have somebody who's probably a big fan of Venezuelan socialism. Uh, her name is Sarah on the line in New Mexico. Sarah, why haven't you moved to Venezuela yet? Well, you know, I, it's more important is um, strengthening the Communist Party in America to educate people that it is good that we're going to buy oil from Venezuela. Because we could prove that communism works in Venezuela. <laughs> as long as they get money from capitalists. As long as they get money from capitalists, right, Sarah? Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, it was it's um, regime change. Uh, excuse me. Um, so with they're not changing the regime. Maduro is uh, is 
Hmm? What are you talking about? He's still fat and happy. And his people are Trump. still starving. Well, Trump wants to make sure to prove to the world that communism fails in Russia and Venezuela, and they do massive sanctions. But President Biden, he's a socialist. They call Kamala Harris, what is it? They call Kamala Harris. So by trading and buying oil from Venezuela, maybe they'll save the money and funnel it back to Russia, and then they'll invade the Poland next. You know, so that's the idea. Why was why was Vene- socialism failing in Venezuela before the sanctions? Because people were already starving when the sanctions started. Well, I, I think um, I was hearing that. But I don't. We don't get the real news, but I think they were taking the money from the capitalists and buying the hospitals for the people. From that's what I was told on the communist side. All the better so, for the people to starve no, to death. Uh, just want to clarify something here. Nobody, as I understand it, and I did just double check it. Obama did impose sanctions on Venezuela as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, but Venezuela. when did when did uh, Chavez take over? It was uh, uh, two dec- almost two decades ago, I think. Yeah, it was Something like pre-Obama. That. Correct. Someone on YouTube has so, asked a really good question. And it really didn't take long for people to start starving. And uh, the, hung- the serious hunger well. didn't really start until the last decade, though. So, Sarah, where well, is Venezuela? Is that, well, the, the sanctions that the Obama put on is kind of worthless sanctions, like the sanctions put on uh, Russia. Russians really do not care because they got China. The China as a backup, they'll get plenty of money from their uh, warfare from China because they're secretly communist. Obviously, they're not going to oppose the war in the United Nations because they need all the Americans to buy their products at Walmart so they could keep making money and they're going to funnel the money to Russia. And if Venezuela gets money from us, you're saying China is going to funnel money to Russia? Well, I, I, I think they have been doing it. Right, you have no uh, evidence like of that. Not, That's they're not scared. Pure but... speculation. All right, you had a question for uh, Sarah. Sarah, do you know where Venezuela is? Yeah, isn't it South America? Yes, yep, she's Venezuela right about that. South yeah. America. She's got that. Right. Uh, but here's the thing. Yeah. Nobody. You, um, the the important point here is that the the socialist countries love to blame sanctions for their economic woes. And it is true that the Venezuelan uh, government, at the very least, some of the government officials were facing sanctions, whether of the yeah. entire country and was. And personally, I think we should have no sanctions against them. So there's Agreed. no question about why socialism is failing. Totally agree. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, right, Cuba right, uses you know, that they're, excuse. They're Cuba can trade with any country in the world except the United States. And they're still failing. You know? Yep. Well, I, I really don't think that's the way that the sanctions work. Like, Singapore has a lot of Chinese population. Obviously, their friend, North Korea is friends with Chinese. So they're going to ship boats of coconut. But if the, the Singapore trades with North boats Korea, then the U.S. will sanction them. They're not going to trade with this country, and they're not allowed to trade with that country. They impose that kind of sanction. What did, what did coconut so, do to the Chinese? <laughs> okay, look, at this, look at this. Singapore, is uh, they have a high level of Chinese population. They have like 60% of them are Chinese merchants. They've immigrated there. Uh-huh. And so the North Koreans are friends with China. They still trade with China. Yeah. America, the U.S. told them, if you trade with China, North China, if you trade with North Korea, we're going to sanction you. But China always sends them trains, everything with North Korea. So obviously, 
they sent boats of coconut to North Korea, and they seized the boat. The U.S. seized the boat, and they always, if, if you... What are you, you talking about? The, Don't North Coconuts? Korea and China share a land border? They do, yeah. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, 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 but the thing Sarah, about that is that, are you why say- would Singapore want to help North Korea? Because of the Chinese population in Singapore. That's so they're my- shipping them coconuts? Well, Taiwan has a pretty large Chinese population too, and they're not that friendly with North Korea or with China. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 yeah. I, the fact that people happen to be the same race doesn't put them on the same side. Yeah, the, I'm sorry, you're, you're just yeah, wrong I about this go. one, Sarah. The U.S. government has been sanctioning Cuba for a long time, but they cannot stop Cuba from trading with other people anywhere else on the planet. They just mm-hmm. can't unless you know, they blockade you know the thing, them. I, uh, yeah, Cuban I, I Cuban cigars are perfect. US yeah, from what I hear about U.S. sanctions, China could have. See, that's the, the problem with you, Sarah. All you do is go on what you hear about things, and I don't know what you were going to say well, there, nobody. But I suspect it was to point out that you can get Cuban cigars as nearby as Canada, right? Yeah, yeah. And the U.S. government isn't sanctioning Canada because Canadians are able to trade with Cubans. Nope. No. Now there are well, there have is, been times it, when the U.S. Has has put transitive sanctions in in place with different countries, and when I say transitive sanctions, I mean um, that we uh, that the U.S. will sanction countries that trade with those countries. The only ones that I can think of have been Iraq and Iran, mm-hmm. where they've done that. I I may be wrong on that. I don't think Venezuela is on that list. I'm sure that Canada isn't on that or I'm sorry that Cuba isn't on that list um, and they did threaten recently to do that to India uh, because India apparently in a UN vote abstained from saying naughty naughty to Russia yeah, the they US just abstained sanctions. that's crazy yeah. thank you Sarah for the call tonight here so back to the story and that is that the Biden administration is now going to Venezuela's government and asking for a favor after years of sanctions uh, they're given a little bit of history in the story at the uh, New York Times that Maduro responded to Trump's sanctions by seeking economic and diplomatic help from Russia. Russia, yes. For a long time, the Venezuelan government has been partners with the Russian government because, well, they're a humongous country and they're a big oil uh, exporter and Venezuela's in the oil business, so they, they've been working together. Russian uh, energy companies and banks have been instrumental in allowing Venezuela to continue exporting oil, the country's biggest source of foreign currency, despite the sanctions, according to U.S. officials, Venezuelan officials and businessmen. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has prompted the U.S. to pay closer attention to Vladimir Putin's allies in Latin America, which Washington believes could become security threats if the standoff with Russia deepens, according to current and U.S. officials or former U.S. officials who spoke on the condition of anonymity. Do they mean to suggest that Venezuela could be a security threat to the United States? That's what they're suggesting. Um, How much meth are these people smoking to be that paranoid? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Cuba has has been a security threat at times just by, and I'm thinking of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Which were so Russian this was missiles, back in 1963. Or but yeah, it was Russian missiles? missiles that were placed on Cuba. Yeah. But Venezuela would not be a really good place for, uh, for Russian missiles, especially since 
Cuba is, you know, Cuba has not tipped over and sank. So uh, that would be a much better spot. <laughs> Plus, Venezuela probably doesn't even have a, a ship that can even sail. <laughs> They're just so <laughs> bad. They're so mm. bad off. And that's one of the problems that we came across years ago in their uh, the news about their economy was that they didn't even have any like internationally approved oil rigged or uh, oil tankers that could leave port. They just hadn't done the upkeep on them, so they were just rotting essentially in the ports, and they couldn't they couldn't move them anywhere. They couldn't get them approved. They didn't even know how to use what they stole. Yeah, we're coming up. Talk Live. You can join the show by dialing in here at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Now that the U.S. government is not going to be dealing with uh, the Russian government gang as far as oil is concerned, they've gone back to Venezuela, where... They had Even though sanctions. Venezuela hasn't changed anything, right? There, no. There's still the... Whatever reasons the United States government had for doing whatever it did is it that that it did, all those reasons are still in play. But yeah, now like the corruption, the rampant corruption in Venezuela, the socialism, the fact that their people are you know not quite starving, but generally pretty hungry. <laughs> In Venezuela. Yeah, but the American government doesn't care about these starving Venezuelans. Impoverished. Well, they, they acted like they did. They acted like they were concerned about the, the whole situation there. Uh, and so... Oh, that's right. I mean, it's been such... COVID happened and just, like, blocked out all that other stuff. It's, it's easy to forget the whole... What was that guy's name? You, you said Maduro? it earlier. No, his opponent. Oh, Juan Guaido. Yeah, the one the United States was like, no, this is the real president. Yeah, they and were he, backing him in the elections against Maduro, which means he was probably like the CIA choice. Yeah, and he basically. actually ended up fleeing to the United States, I think. I think you're right about that. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard to, hard to remember that that actually happened. So uh, Maduro responded to the sanctions. This is from the New York Times by seeking economic and diplomatic help from Russia, as well as from Iran and China. Russia's What invasion- did the U.S. expect? know they turned their back on this country they gotta pay they gotta feed their soldiers at least right if you can't do business with the u.s do business with russia which has 140 something million people living in it it's a big important nation on the face of the planet the sad thing here is that now venezuela will probably happily take that american money back instead of saying <laughs> hey no true. uh you you spurned us right we don't we don't want your money but it will be interesting to see how this uh plays out and as russia's uh invasion of ukraine has prompted the u.s to pay closer attention to putin's allies in latin america again claiming that they could be security threats as the economy craters in russia the u.s is seizing on an opportunity to advance its agenda among latin american autocracies that might start seeing putin as an increasingly weak ally when the u.s and its allies begin considering began considering sanctions on russian oil and gas exports this month to punish the country for devastation wrought in ukraine prominent voices affiliated with both american political parties pointed to venezuela as a potential substitute so both the republicans and the democrats are saying hey why don't we just go talk to uh, old maduro our old buddy over there it would be it would make my soul happy for venezuela or maduro to be like okay sure sure 
but you have to recognize me as the legitimate president of Venezuela. And well, you have to say that Guaido tried to steal the election. <laughs> Dude, if Or no oil. Yeah. Uh, I know they won't, but man... The universe needs that kind of irony. Well, I mean, we're not talking about any good guys here, right? Maduro is a piece of garbage. Sure. And the so Republicans, is Biden. yeah, and the Republicans and the Democrats who are going to try to, uh, you know, pimp him or whatever they're going to try to do, uh, are also garbage because they're expecting that people are going to forget and. Maybe they don't even know anything about Venezuela to begin, but people are going to just forget about all of the things that have been happening there over the last decade and just say, well, Russia worse as these people are starving in Venezuela. It's like, all right, well, we'll give some money to your government now that has been impoverishing and torturing the people and stealing businesses, by the way. You want to talk about one of the most socialist nations on the planet and also one of the least free places, of course. Venezuela literally nationalizes, has nationalized hundreds of businesses. It, whole industries have been nationalized and then subsequently run into the ground by the Venezuelan government. And they, they just want to go back and give them some more business now. That's what they did with with the oil industry. They uh, they stole all the stuff from the countries or from the companies that were uh, drilling for oil right. there. And then they couldn't figure out how to use it to get oil out of it. And the this ground. was decades ago that that, that happened. And they were uh, yeah, using, this was when Chavez first took over. Well, they were using, uh, really? I thought the PDVSA goes back further than that. It, Maybe I'm wrong about it? that. And, uh, we, and people like right. Sarah don't see any issue with any of this. They just think, oh, well, no, the issue isn't that Venezuela took these companies and ran them into the ground. It's that the United States just didn't give them enough money so they could <laughs> keep running them into the ground indefinitely. Mm. Yeah, and there are countless people like Sarah throughout the United States now clamoring for socialism and communism, whatever, having no idea. Yeah, Venezuela. the same people who think you can sell it a loss and make it up through volume. <laughs> so you're off by a couple decades, uh, nobody. The history of PDVSA, which is the Petróleos de Venezuela SA, whatever that part stands for, mm-hmm. uh, was founded in the 1970s when Venezuela nationalized its oil industry January 1st of 1976. Uh, That was when PDVSA started. All foreign oil companies that had done business in Venezuela were then replaced by Venezuelan companies, and each of the former concessionaires was substituted by a new quote-unquote national oil company. So they managed Hmm. to, to make it work for a few decades because, well, oil is valuable and they, you know, Mm -hmm. they they managed to pull that off for a while and then ultimately failed miserably in within the last 15 years, if I recall correctly. Hmm. So, and it's been a slow, painful failure. Yeah. I mean, the people of Venezuela, I remember reading news articles about how they were purifying sewage water and stuff like that because they had nothing else to drink and just constant brownouts. Venezuela people can't even print their own money because they're too poor. They outsource it to a different country. And they they do it to a private company. And they have to pay them in U.S. dollars. Or euro. Or euros Mm -hmm. because that company won't take the Venezuelan currency. (laughs) That they print. it's, It's so laughably bad that... I, I like it for the Venezuelan people that they could get some of these American dollars, but the, if the Venezuelan It's going to go to the government. I, I know, it's not going to the people. But pennies of it will go to the people, and maybe they can use that to buy some Bitcoin or something well, and actually secure some economic freedom. It's not a done deal yet. Well, BCH connect- is actually doing pretty well in Venezuela. That's my understanding. You mean as far as people buying it? That would be Bitcoin um, Cash. Yeah, a lot of people are accepting it in, mm. in Venezuela. 
Well-connected Republicans have been in talks with restart with Venezuelan bureaucrats about restarting the oil trade, including a former Republican congressman from Virginia who's working with a Washington lobbyist who briefly registered to represent Maduro's regime in 2020 and remains in contact with people around it. Uh, the Republican Scott Taylor said he spoke Friday night to a Venezuelan businessman who signaled that Maduro's team was eager to re-engage with the United States. Quote, we should take this opportunity to achieve a diplomatic win and a wedge between Russia and Venezuela, he said in a statement. Former Fox Business host Trish Regan and conservative media personality called for an alliance with Venezuelan to displace Russian oil from the U.S. market. She wrote on Twitter on Friday saying, quote, Venezuela has the largest source of oil reserves yet. We're handing that to the Chinese and Russians, she said. So it sounds Can we like- just stop dividing the world into us and them? And it says, oh, we need to displace these Russians. We need to turn the Venezuelans against Russians. Can we not just, you know, cooperate and live in peace? Can we give that no, just can't. a shot for a few years? I wish we could, but that's not how they operate. Uh, but it's very interesting here that uh, all of a sudden Venezuela, the, the previous bad guy, is now a potential ally that they think they will be able to bribe and turn them against the Russians. And I guess just look the other way as the people starve, right? Hmm. Uh, will the uh, people with their Ukrainian lights in downtown Keene start cheering on the Venezuelan government next? This is Free Talk Live, and you can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We've been talking about the uh, situation in Ukraine and the punishments that are being uh, arrayed against the Russian people by various different U.S.-based and other international corporations. For instance, Netflix apparently has now cut off Russia. Uh, and, and I can't believe, I mean, sure, some people that are saying it. they were such a tactical advantage, too. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, some people are saying it, but most people aren't realizing, look, they just, Visa, MasterCard, Netflix, all of these companies, they just kicked the Russian people out of the market entirely. They That's could right. Do, they could do that anywhere in the on the globe that they wanted. Overnight, you could lose mm-hmm. your total ability to access the Internet or to make payments. And most people, most people just don't see it as a problem. Oh, they would never do that to United States citizens. They they can and they will and they have. They have. And they're doing it right now. There's a bunch of stuff that you can't watch on Netflix unless you use a VPN to come from another country or something like that. Sure, that's minor, mm-hmm. but it's still content that you mm-hmm. as an American are being denied. All I have to do is expand that. They just kicked the hill off uh, YouTube for a week. Really? The last... The last uh, um, strike they got was from playing uncut a Fox News interview with Trump where Trump said that the uh, that the election had been stolen and because they didn't break in and immediately say no it wasn't it was perfectly fair they were kicked off. Wow, so reporting the news got them kicked off, basically. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, we know without, all about that. Without slanting it to the uh, you know, YouTube Democratic Party-approved party line, which makes me think more and more that the election was stolen. Hmm. Because you don't have to go to this that kind of lengths to reinforce the results of a fair election. 
Another company that has stopped uh, in Russia, Airbnb. So punishing the Russian people who had been making maybe a little bit of money on the side by renting out their uh, third room or guest house or whatever. How could this possibly affect anyone except the average Russian person? That's what I'm saying. Most of these uh, these punishments, quote unquote, remember the federal government and the European unions, for the most part, they supposedly were just targeting certain Russian banks and the supposed Russian oligarchs, but yet Nonetheless, there have been this. There's been this huge wave of this corporate implementation of. Well, we're just going to go ahead and cut off all of Russia. Monkey see, monkey do, man. We saw the same thing during COVID, where the, the government might recommend this or that, and then companies are like, "Oh no, you have to have your proof of vaccine to work here. You have to wear a mask if you want to interface yeah, with the public." Going all in, yeah. Companies, for whatever reason, they don't they don't have any nuance when the government does something. They don't say, "Oh." The government was just targeting Russian oligarchs. We probably shouldn't ban Airbnb and affect yeah. the average Russian. They just go, oh, no, right. we hate Russia, too. I suspect the Russian oligarchs really don't care what happens with Airbnb. But I the, suspect not. But it's it's the, probably good for them because they're the ones who own the major the big hotels. hotel chains. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's that one's gone. And you mentioned Visa and MasterCard. That was the big one over the weekend. And uh, American Express also, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Uh, and PayPal uh, as well. And in fact, uh, Forbes has uh, has a story about that one as well. Of course, you're welcome to share your thoughts with us here at 603-283-6160. I can't believe crypto isn't just exploding as a result of this because you can still send people in Russia cryptocurrency and they mm-hmm. can still use it, and they can still make purchases with it. And there's nothing governments or Visa or PayPal or anyone can do to stop it. Yep. Yeah, uh, and it did jump up for a little while after, as soon as the uh, quote-unquote invasion started, it, it fell. Uh, Bitcoin price fell to like $33,000, $34,000, and then climbed all the way back up to around 44000 and then took another dive down. So you never can tell what crypto is going to do. Uh, but I think you're right, Aria. It's it's going to happen. It just might be next week or you know some some amount of time with all the money printing going on around the planet by central banks with the insanity of all of these uh, financial restrictions on these people. People are are probably right now looking into the uh, alternatives, right? As they're realizing that oh my god, I just lost my debit card. I just lost my you know my my uh, credit card processing i gotta find something else that's the time and unfortunately whether we like it or not people are not motivated to change until it is forced upon them so we can Mm -hmm. sit here and talk for years as we have about cryptocurrency and the average person isn't going to make a move in into cryptocurrency until they finally you know the situation in life forces them to do it the same way that people don't take police abuse seriously until it hits them or a direct family member or a friend Mm. same thing's happening here that's sad but it's so true yeah well Uh, hopefully this is the kick that these people need to actually get into cryptocurrency so the story here from billy bambro over at forbes he's one of their crypto and blockchain writers he says the world's largest payment card networks, Visa and MasterCard, as well as PayPal, have suspended their services in Russia with the moves described by one crypto expert as, quote, a bigger earthquake than the SWIFT ban. Uh, he says, quote, we're compelled or this is the Visa. That's probably true. This is the Visa boss man. Quote, we are compelled to act following Russia's unprovoked invasion of Ukraine and the unacceptable events that we have witnessed. Well, they weren't compelled by the state. 
Mm-hmm. They did this on their own volition. I'd take them a lot more seriously in their uh, in their uh, commitment to human well-being if they did the same thing to America when the Americans invaded uh, Iraq and Afghanistan yeah. for absolutely no reason. And that was actually the point that the boss over at Kraken, the cryptocurrency exchange, made when he explained why he wasn't going to cut off Russian users from his exchange. He Mm. said, if we were to cut off all the people, all the innocent people who are part of the, you know, the country that has unjustly invaded somewhere, we would have to cut off all our U.S. users. Yeah. And he said they're not going to do that. Uh, The chief executive, Alfred Kelly, at Visa said that their company would start cutting off transactions, quote, over the coming days. MasterCard said in a similar statement, quote, we don't take this decision lightly. MasterCard has operated in Russia for more than 25 years, unquote. Credit and debit cards issued by Russian banks will no longer work outside of the country, while Russian businesses and cash machines will be unable to accept cards issued from outside of the country. So anyone traveling in Russia right now. You just got screwed. If you were living over there for whatever reason, as an American mm-hmm. or somebody else, and now you, if you don't have crypto or something like that, you've just lost access to all of your banking. Jesus. Yeah, so if wow. you're just an American visiting. Correct. You're now stuck there unless you have cryptocurrency or something. I mean, you could probably get to the embassy and they could probably help you get home, but gee, what a nightmare that these companies Is just created. Is there anybody in the U.S. embassy in Russia? I know we expelled their diplomats or... The U.S. expelled the Russian diplomats. Great question. Have they shut them down? Uh, There have been local media reports that Russia's Spurbank will begin issuing cards with China's union. Sperm bank? (laughs) That's what it sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Russia's payment network alternative to Visa and MasterCard that was founded in 2015 is thought to have just a 30% market share in the country. So, yeah, there are going to be some alternatives that are going to come up. Uh, and then Visa and MasterCard, I mean, are they ever going to be able to regain their foothold if they decide to turn operations back on in Russia after China swoops in to... They don't care because they know that sanctions aren't an alternative to war. They're a, they're a prelude to war. They, they know that the, the end goal, the end result of all of this is going to be the United States being at war with Russia and probably victorious. So by, mm, by that default, would be really bad. the United yeah. States will go in there and will implement its Visa and its MasterCard. And it won't matter what the Russian government has to say about if the U.S. goes it. to the war with Russia, is, there may not be anything left. There may not be anything left. Anywhere. And it may well be Russia and China, because that would be a really opportune moment for China to overrun Taiwan and uh, and say, okay, see if you want to go to war with us and Russia. Well, Russia hasn't proven themselves capable of handling Ukraine. I mean, there's a reason why Biden and the United States federal gang will invade places like Iraq and Afghanistan and will not get involved with Russia. And that's because Russian nukes can reach the United States. Uh, I mean, that's, I think, one reason why you're seeing Joe Biden saying things like we are not going to get involved in uh, a war with Russia. But things can change. More coming up. Free Talk Live phones are open here. You're invited if you want to join the show. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about the uh, mainstream 
payment processors out there, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, uh, apparently American Express as well. They're all jumping on board this, you know, we picked our government team bandwagon. They're going for the Ukrainian government gang versus the Russian government gang. And they're now cutting off 144 million uh, potential users in Russia because, well, let's punish the people of a dictatorship, basically, uh, because they haven't overthrown the dictator. That's supposedly. And what's what... sad is they recognize that they they know it's not Putin. They they want to punish the Russian people until they act, until they overthrow their government, which never whatever. happens. Never happens. The Venezuelan people didn't overthrow Maduro after years of sanctions and even near starvation. But can you imagine being so evil that you openly and knowingly support this ideology? I don't care if we punish innocent people. Right. Let's cut off our own business because we're worried that other people might protest us. Let's cut off 144 million innocents and however many thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of innocent businesses there that are just trying to make a living for them and their employees. Nope, no more payment processing. It's just Hmm. absolutely insane. I want to go to Jack, though. He's in Washington. It may be good for him in the long run because they may become... The uh, biggest crypto adopters in the world. If they're smart, that would be the uh, the best move they could make. Yep. But it looks like they're just turning to Chinese banks, and you know they're not yet to the point of adopting crypto. But we'll see it. Well, Chinese ma- banks. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Jack, you're on Free Talk Live, calling from Washington. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with everybody here. I think that uh, everybody or nobody. Nobody and everybody, of course, <laughs> nobody. Yeah, um, but. Uh, you know, they always say that that cliche, that phrase, um, you, if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. And it, if you do learn from history, you st- you're doomed to stand helplessly by <laughs> while everybody yeah. else repeats it anyway. <laughs> yeah, but this does look extremely familiar to the whole Germany into Poland thing. And remember, the president was uh, Roosevelt, and he didn't want to get involved because there's a lot of peace marching going on. I mean, it's just, I'm not saying it's just, it's bizarre. It has so many similarities. Um, That's not my main point I wanted to make. Yeah, because that's a bit misleading. I mean, I always heard that, and I've always said that, you know, uh, FDR, whoever, they kept the United States out of the war, but that's not true. They, they just kept the United States out of combat. The United States was part of World War II as long as World War II was a thing. They Doesn't just want to combat it. familiar now? That's exactly what's going on right now. Yeah, and I, I criticize mm-hmm. the United yeah, the, States doing it now. The Ukraine uh, government yeah. is basically a puppet state for the United States and NATO, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I was saying hmm. China, I think, is actually just playing like a, a blackjack game or, a, you know, Texas Oldham. You know, threatening Taiwan, I don't think with any actual intention of attacking Taiwan. Waiting until the rest of the world destroys itself, and you know, hypothetically, in the long game, which is, I think, what China plays, um, and I think the deep, deep liberals or, dare I say, Illuminati type ideas also play long games that go for hundreds of years. Anyway, I think that's kind of deep, but that's my point. Hmm. All right, Jack, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it. Number here is 603 283 6160. Quote, PayPal supports the Ukrainian people and stands with the international community in condemning Russia's violent military aggression into Ukraine, said PayPal chief executive Dan Shulman. So punish the Russian government, you cowards. 
Uh, according to Preston Byrne, who, as I understand, is a uh, liberty-friendly attorney, says uh, the Visa MasterCard shutdown is a bigger earthquake than Swift. Uh, adding that trillions of dollars are going to be made building a mirror system that doesn't respond to American pressure. Unquote. Over the last week, trading between the they could just use crypto. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and trading between Russia's ruble and cryptocurrencies has soared, according to data from Chainalysis, a crypto research company. So, indeed, nice. many Russians are uh, purchasing cryptocurrency, and a lot of crypto exchanges have not put the freeze on Russian accounts as of yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it would be almost impossible for them to really do so, I mean, especially some of these exchanges that support things like U.S. dollar tether. And like xmarcus.com, where all you need is an email address. Okay, Russian people. True. Create an email address. Sign up with a VPN. Suddenly, you're no longer a Russian citizen, and no one knows otherwise. You can get all the U.S. dollar tethers you want. Hmm. I'm not telling you how to bypass sanctions. I'm just saying (laughs) these ways already exist, and cryptocurrency has made them possible. And keeping PayPal and Visa and MasterCard from doing crap like this is why cryptocurrency exists. Yep, and then you also have things like uh, ThorChain, which is the decentralized exchange uh, that is just coming into its own. I mean, it's only been around for a few years, and they are uh, they're they're very interesting because the idea with ThorChain is that you don't have an account, so it is nice. a decentralized finance kind of thing, but it's a cross-chain exchange. So prior to ThorChain, the only kind of uh, accountless decentralized exchanges were all within Ethereum networks. So for listeners that don't know what we're talking about here, Ethereum is the second largest cryptocurrency by market volume. They have a bunch of tokens. And so one Ethereum token can trade with another Ethereum token, and you don't have to have an account to do that at these exchanges. Like Uniswap is one of them, and, and there are others. But- and the most important thing about Ethereum is you can have programs running on the Ethereum system that, as I understand it, nobody knows who put them there. Correct. But they're there. And and these and these decentralized exchanges are some of those programs that are running mm-hmm. on on Ethereum. Uh, but the problem is you can't switch from Bitcoin to Ethereum. You can't switch from Ethereum to uh, Bitcoin Cash on these Ethereum only decentralized exchanges. But on Thorchain, you can. Okay, so it's like a shapeshift, but it's an exchange. But decentralized, an accountless exchange that anyone can go sign up for that is completely, you know, not owned by... In fact, it has different... um, It's a protocol. So ThorChain is a protocol, and there are other things that interact with that protocol. So there's different websites and different services. Shapeshift, for instance, uh, Mm -hmm. has... uh, Last year, they went into a decentralized autonomous organization. They've they've converted from or are in the process of converting from a corporation, a centralized corporation, to a decentralized autonomous organization. And one of the things they announced was that they had implemented ThorChain within the Shapeshift app. And so now you can you don't need to have an uh, a know your customer process anymore in order to trade your cryptos oh, wow. on Shapeshift. So this kind of stuff from Visa, Mastercard, and the centralized exchanges is going to drive a lot of interest in things like decentralized exchanges for uh, for cryptocurrency like Thorchain. So I think we're going to see that thing explode in the next 
coming years. Well, libertarians are always just a decade or two ahead of everyone else. I mean, mm-hmm. we've been talking about the need for decentralized exchanges and decentralized currencies for, for years, yeah. for years upon years. But and, it's finally, one of them's finally upon us, which is very And what's happening exactly, what we said was going to happen. You have people like PayPal, MasterCard, Visa being able to control every aspect of your finances even more powerfully than the major international banks that use SWIFT networks. They're like, hey, no, this is a bigger deal than... Than SWIFT. This is a bigger deal than the European Union. Cutting you out is these American companies saying, no, you can't do this anymore. Chengpeng hmm. Zhao is the founder and chief executive of Binance. He dismissed fears that Binance, by the way, is the number one crypto exchange on the planet right now by volume. Dismissed the fears that Bitcoin and crypto could be used by Russia to evade sanctions, claiming that, quote, crypto is too small for Russia. He said, currently, the media and politicians are spending a lot of effort and focus on crypto and sanctions. If we look at the crypto adoption today, there's probably about 3% of the global population with some kind of crypto exposure, i.e. owning some crypto. Of those, most only have a small percentage of their net worth in crypto, less than 10% on average. So there's probably only less than 0.3% of the global net worth in crypto today. This percentage applies equally to Russia, he said. So I guess yes, until Russia suddenly needs to convert all of their wealth into crypto, which if they did would shoot the prices up big time. (laughs) Bitcoin may not be big enough, but cryptocurrency as a whole, with its trillion dollar ish market, I think it's probably down. It's about two trillion for all of crypto. Yeah. 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 Okay. And don't forget the ability to fire up a new crypto at the drop of a hat just by taking some of you know take the Bitcoin Cash code. And I mean, Bitcoin start, Cash is still at like ten percent its maximum, right? I mean, it's got the it's got the infrastructure already there to be worth twenty five hundred dollars per. Oh, so yeah. the people, all we need is ten times as many people, and the governments throughout the world are providing cryptocurrency with that demand. So they say three percent of the world population. What percent of the world population is in Russia? Hmm, I don't know. Uh, well, we're going to return tomorrow night. You can join us then. Online in the meantime, we'll be over at freetalklive.com.